C-A-M-P-A-D-U-L-T-H-O-O-D Camp Adulthood Bridging the Millennial Divide One conversation at a time Interviewing guests Strangers and friends We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood Hello and welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I am the Resident Youth, Maddie Ergy. And I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats. I'm super excited about our guest today. Me too. Uh, Our guest is, her name is Gigi, and she used to work with me at my old job. And she's going to talk to us today about a lot of different things, but primarily about her experience being a young female Muslim immigrant in this (laughs) trying times that we find ourselves. Um, Gigi, can you tell us, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you before we jump in? Of course. Um, Hey, everyone. I'm Gigi, and I'm from Istanbul, Turkey. I came to States about six years ago to study furniture and in Chicago, and I just moved to New York a year ago and working here. Awesome. And what year were you born? Uh, 1993. 93. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Um, so, guys, Gigi is super talented. She's a furniture designer. She also speaks Italian. <laughs> a young millennial like myself as well. <laughs> exactly, and is a young millennial. I am. So it's very exciting. Um, awesome. So shall we start with our uh, millennial moment? Yeah, I can start. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk about, just because this is kind of, it's pertinent to our lives, so it's kind of a millennial moment, but also a hot topic, so it could go either way. But um, I was reading an article in the New York Times about this Mm. guy who runs a podcast called Murmur, and I don't remember how it's spelled, but we'll link to it and stuff. And he basically, he runs it out of his apartment in New York, and he um, finds, like, random strangers off the street. So he'll just, like, go outside and, like, find, like, random guy at the store or, like, a homeless guy, like, whatever. And he's done this, like, hundreds of times. And he invites them into his home and he'll just have, like, open conversations with, like, whoever will talk to him. And apparently it's super cool. I haven't listened to it. But um, it's supposed to be really interesting. And the article was about how his building that he lives in was getting upset because he's basically running a business out of his home. And, like, his landlord is trying to stop the podcast from happening. And he's gotten fined a bunch of times for having strangers, basically, because he'll do, like, he'll set up all the equipment. Then he'll Mm -hmm. do, like, four or five in a day kind of similar to like what we're doing here and it's just like I thought that was really interesting both from a New York perspective and just thinking about our own podcast of like I had never thought about that I was like this is my home I should be able to invite whoever I want over so I don't know if anyone else has any thoughts about that I think it's really interesting because I I guess I've never really thought about when you're running a business out of your home but Mm -hmm. I guess there are so many like in New York City there's so many um like psychiatrists and therapists and you'll see they're like you know they have like a basement apartment and then their front room is their office and I knew that they had to get a special like work live permit or something like along those lines they have to like register but I never really thought of it for something like this. The company that you used to work for you worked out of the Mm -hmm. entrepreneur's home. Yeah Yeah. but that was a little bit different because even though we like worked out of her home because it was easier and more comfortable we didn't see clients there and we had another space that we shared with an interior designer so if we did need to have a client or 
I mean, I'm still sure that that is a little bit of a gray yeah. area in terms of like workers' comp and everything. Um, but you know, it wasn't. Yeah, like we were actively making deals. But is he making money off his his podcast? Is yeah, that I guess. Why? I mean, they didn't specifically say, but I guess it's pretty like popular. Yeah. So I'd imagine he has some sort of like advertising or Patreon or something. Yeah. And he's done it like hundreds of times. So. Wow. Oh, that's so interesting. It must be something. Yeah, it's a really cool concept. So people should check it out. It's called Murmur. Murmur. Okay, um, cool. But. Yeah, I just thought I just thought that was interesting. So that is a good hot topic. Yeah, I like that. Also, is making me concerned about our own um, <laughs> <laughs> legal ramifications of doing this podcast. I think it's fine. So. Honestly, like no one cares. And well, that's this true. is a small building. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like we're having like a bunch of people coming yeah. in and out that are like. I guess the problem was like he would find he he was like actively trying to find people that were like kind of on the outskirts of society. So he would like find. Like, prostitutes or, like, people who were in a crack den, he would, like, go to okay. the house and be like, hey, who wants to be on a podcast? And then, like, invite him into his home. And I guess, oh, wow. like, the f- fancy people that live in his building or whatever were like, we no, don't want you. these drifters in our apartment. Which I'm like, I don't know. People are judging in the city. It's like, we all that's true. come yeah. in contact with people. But Yeah. Interesting. That is a good hot topic. What about you, Shay? Uh, so mine is based on an article that I recently read in the Washington Post. Um, and it, the reason it really struck me is I am in the process of moving. We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. And one thing I'm really excited about not living in New York City anymore is I may actually have an apartment <laughs> with uh, natural light. So I'm going to be able to grow some plants. Nice. Um, and I'm really excited <laughs> about growing some plants and that being said, I definitely come from like a plant-loving family. Mm-hmm. My dad is a big gardener. My grandmother was a big gardener. Uh, weirdly, my mother, who has always had a black thumb, has recently gotten mm-hmm. into plants. So, you know, I'm like, okay, like I like plants. But then it was this whole article and it kind of made me mad because it was talking about how um, the – oh, did I, I put my computer away? I was going to read the headline. But it was basically talking about how millennials are using plants as like a substitute for love. Oh, and that's, it went into wow. the yeah. yeah, it was like really harsh and a little aggressive, and it was talking about like how it's becoming very popular right now to have these kind of you know for someone to have forty or fifty beautiful plants, and um, he was kind of being like, oh, they're only doing it for the Instagram and da 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 da. And I was like, how is this so different? For, you know, gardening and keeping plants and keeping them alive and healthy and experimenting yeah. with them is something that people have done. I mean, literally for 1,500 years, I remember in grad school reading a book that was 1,200 years old that was about gardens. You know, like, so this is something that to me seems just really like innate human nature. Like, we like to take care of green Mm -hmm. living things, except the planet, hence global warming. But that's another conversation. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. So I just thought it was kind of an interesting thing to think about, Um, you know, and why we have to vilify vilify basically this very kind and nurturing thing because you know a growing number of people are caring about plants why does that have to be a negative thing about our generation um almost like a little sad it's like why is it like being a cat lady you know that like thing it's like having a lot of plants to be happy it's like and apparently there's also this instagram feed called um 
like like boy plant lovers of Instagram or something, and it's like <laughs> making fun of these young men who are like really like plants, much like our coworker Keith. He really likes plants. He does. Shout yeah. out to Keith. Yeah. Shout out to Hi, Keith. Keith. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> are you ever going to listen to this podcast? Probably not. Um, you know, but I would never think that there was anything, you know, if I'm like talking to Keith and he's like, oh, I got a new fern. I don't immediately think like, well, you're less of a man for having <laughs> yeah. that fern. I might think that when he talks about his cat. But that's true. That's true. A topic yeah. for another topic time. for another time. But the, <laughs> I don't know. So I just I found that kind of interesting. Um, yeah, that is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's it's one I feel like it's very zeitgeisty kind of headline grabbing to be like millennials do X thing. And because it's millennials, it's less than even though, like you said, people have been gardening and keeping plants for literally thousands of years. Yeah. And also people shit on like the Instagram culture, but it's like the study of design and people liking aesthetically pleasing things has also been Mm -hmm. around for forever. People have been studying design and stuff like that and people appreciate it as a culture and as a people everyone likes it so I feel like I don't think it's less than like if you're doing something just because it looks nice and you want to put it on the internet I don't think that makes the whole project not worthwhile that's just my well exactly because that's just the medium and you know Gigi I'm sure when you were studying design Mm -hmm. in college like if you hadn't been able to look at photographs of I mean where are you gonna where else would you find your Definitely. De- direction, you know? Like Facebook, Instagram, yeah. Pinterest, yeah. all these platforms. It's like... Are really important to yeah, your work. definitely. Um, and I mean, I'm sure and you also, though, if you were looking at something more historic, what would you do? <laughs> yeah. Look at a book. Look <laughs> through it. There'd be pictures of gardens, or not gardens, of chairs. And yeah. Yeah. it doesn't mean that it's less than, as Maddie said. So Yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting. It just talks about the media. Like now that we do this podcast, I'm so plugged into it and people send me stuff that anytime it's like millennials and it's usually like millennials are doing something and they're posting it on the internet. And it's like, okay, well, the only thing you said about this article, the only new point that you've made is that it's on the internet, but it's it's never like a new thing. Like sometimes it is like I was reading an article that was talking about how millennial it was like things that this generation does differently or like we buy different things and it was one that was like companies that make napkins mm-hmm. are starting oh, to go yeah. to business because millennials will just buy paper towels that can be used for cleaning and also napkins mm-hmm. and like paper towel sales have gone up but napkin sales have gone down and i was like i totally do that. i don't buy napkins. i haven't bought I mean, a napkin in probably 10 years same my mom brought me yeah napkins from yeah. turkey like <laughs> yeah. were they like special napkins they're just napkins it's like but it's, napkins. it's just a, yeah, um, yeah. I, I guess it's a turkish thing but i'm, I'm like sure. yeah. yeah i don't know i just feel like i'm like yeah it's a no-brainer like if i have paper <laughs> towels i don't need something because if you buy paper napkins usually they have like a little design on them or whatever and i'm like i don't i don't need that i'm not gonna <laughs> buy something that's more expensive that can only be used for one thing yeah it's not absorbent and whatever so yeah. um that to me is really interesting because i'm like it's talking about how life is now and it's actually significant in a way that it's not just like griping about Mm -hmm. something that's always been there, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. But super interesting. Do you have any hot topics? Um, sure. Or campfire topics, excuse me, as we call them now. (laughs) Rebranding. Rebranding. Okay. So this is a little strange. I don't know if it's a hot topic. I read about it and talked to my friends about it. So, as a studio, we started going to get like matcha 
And it's like this new thing. <gasps> yeah. And I don't think, I don't know it's how like new green it is. Tea yeah. Of, right? It's yeah. something, it has like a lot of caffeine in it. So when we get it, we're like, oh my God, like, let's go back to work and go like yeah. start working. And I didn't know it was like this hip thing, but the place that we go is just like super hip. You can see it. Like people like line up. Oh, wow. Around the block. It's crazy, but it's so good. It tastes just really good. Yeah. And, I was talking to my friends about it and they were like, oh my God, you are such a millennial. Like you are just like going and like rather than getting, it's like Starbucks apparently right now. Okay. It's just like a new thing. And I was like, oh really? I didn't know that. And they were like kind of judging me in a way. I was yeah. like, wow. I'm like these the... other millennials or like older Other people? millennials. No, no, no. And like my boyfriend and my other friends and they're like, wow, you're like such a like just another cliche kind of a thing. I was like, wow, I am maybe a cliche and like just another millennial. And then, yeah, I don't know. Well, I think matcha, first of all, I would like to read more because it's like a green tea powder. It is. And then it gets mixed in. So I'm always interested in that kind of food stuff because it tends to be like taken (laughs) from third world world cultures and Mm -hmm. appropriated and then like the third world cultures can no longer (laughs) afford it so i would be interested and that's hence that's the story of quinoa actually but i'm like oh i I feel like yeah maybe something (laughs) similar but also and again this is just because i know a little bit more about the uh, demographics of the studio but Uh like the reason you guys got into matcha is because your boss is into matcha that's true and this is like you know, her design team works really hard Mm -hmm. and I know she doesn't always treat you guys, but she does often. Like we'll get, you know, she'll get Dunkin' for the studio or get, we went through a real bad Dunkin' Donuts phase when I (laughs) worked there. Now they're obviously much cooler. (laughs) Um, But you know, so this is something. listeners, Gigi works at the place where Shay used to work with design. I hired Gigi. Mm -hmm. She did. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean. Other people had opinions that I really wanted to hire her, and I usually get my way. Um, so, you know, I, so it's interesting to me that your friends wanted to kind of turn this – I know. Yeah, and turn this into this negative thing when it's like someone – Laura oh, – we can say her name, I guess. Yeah. Laura, who is um, very sophisticated Gen X person, wants to do something nice for her staff. So she yeah. buys them an expensive <laughs> – you know, well, not that expensive, but, you know, buys them a really nice latte mm-hmm. as a treat because they're working really hard. Like, oh, well, then that means you guys are like weird, awful hipsters who's just buying into the thing. Oh, like, hipster. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, you're just yeah. enjoying yeah, a treat. We talked about hipsters yeah. a lot on this podcast. I know, evidently. and how that relates the rise of millennials. Ooh, Interesting. Book, <laughs> Some right? research. Yeah, yeah, hipsters and the rise of millennials. <laughs> um, but anyway, Maddie, have you had matcha? Yeah, I've had yeah. matcha. They have good, there's like a coffee place in my office. We have like, we have like a Starbucks in the office. And then we also have like, they just opened it. It's like a Brooklyn, like coffee roaster, something, something in the office. And that one has matcha latte and it's really good. Um, So I've had that and I've also had like matcha ice cream. There's a lot of different. Yeah, I've had matcha ice cream. Yeah, it's like matcha bubble tea. It's pretty good. That's my favorite. Well, I think another thing, um, well, my question for you is how mm-hmm. did you respond when they were teasing you? I was like, it just tastes good, you know? It's like, yeah. it's yeah. not something that's like hip that I'm going there. Maybe it's just the name of the place. It's like Chacha Macha and it's like just this whole business oh, is yeah. that like super millennial. I get that. But it's just, I was like, guys, it tastes amazing. And like, I work so great afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> like, you guys should try it. <laughs> oh my God. It's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's great. Great. Awesome topic. Yeah. All right. Well, Gigi, so you um, told us a little bit about yourself at the mm-hmm. beginning of the episode, but um, we want to hear more about you. So kind of how did you decide that you wanted to come to the States to study furniture design? It seems very specific. <laughs> yeah. And how did you land in Chicago? Yeah, that's, I know. Um, well... I knew I always wanted to study abroad, not in Turkey. I never wanted to stay in Turkey. And I was looking at art schools. I started as a painter. And my mom was like, I think you should go see the States. You've never been. And it was last year of high school. And I was like, okay, I'll go, like, whatever. But I'm sure I want to study in London. Like, I'm never going to study in the States. It was just, like, so far away. Like, I don't want to go there. And... I went to Chicago. It was winter, like so cold. Um, and I met this Italian guy at CVS, so <laughs> random. <laughs> and he was like, do you want to see Chicago with me? I was like, sure. So this one night he took me out and we walked around snowing, like Aww. so windy. And I came home and I was like, mom, I want to study in Chicago. I changed my mind. That was literally it. And Aww. I saw the school. I was like, school seems great. Let's yeah. just do it. And I came to New York. I was like, New York's too big. Yeah. I'll just, I want to just be in Midwest and study there. And I started as a painter mm-hmm. and then started doing sculpture after that. And after talking to my parents and they were like, are you going to be a sculptor really? Like, is that what you want to do with your life? And I was like, I guess they could be functional. So I got into fun- <laughs> furniture and it's been great. I'm loving it. So, yeah. That's great. So you... Where do you live in New York now? I live in Bushwick. I just moved to Bushwick oh. from Bed-Stuy. How is that? Do you like it more than it was? My rent new? is cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I live in an um, old warehouse now, so oh, my apartment's cool. bigger and rent is cheaper, and it's great. I'm loving it. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> um, and you have a cat. I have a cat. Yes. Brom. He's oh. very cute. A little chubby cat. He's great. Yeah, adopted him about six months ago. Yeah, awesome. yeah. He's getting used to us still, I guess. He's like a cat. He's a little shy. Yeah, he's shy. So, it's just cats being cats. Yeah. So, at this point, you've been in the U.S. for a number of years. Mm-hmm. But when you first got here, what was the biggest thing that was different or that you missed about home? Food. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So Gigi's mom came to visit when it was like in the spring. I think um it's what yeah, I yeah. think so. And she's like, I wanna cook a big Turkish meal for the <laughs> office. So we all went out to Gigi's home and her mom and grandmother had prepared the best food I've ever eaten in my entire life. <laughs> it was so good. So yeah. I anyway, go on. <laughs> no, it was yeah, it was definitely yeah. the food. Um I looked for Turkish foods around Chicago for a while, found some, but I was like I can just wait six months until I go home and, like, have the best food. Um, And then there was a language barrier, of course, even though I studied English. Mm -hmm. If you spoke English before you came? I did. I went to um, American elementary school and middle school, and then I went to Italian high school. So in Mm -hmm. high school, I didn't speak any English, um, which was a problem when I came here. (laughs) It was just... 
I knew like how to speak proper English, I guess, but all that slang and everything, like people mm-hmm. would ask me stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? Aww. Like, <laughs> but I got used to it. I just made a lot of friends and dated a few guys and <laughs> it helps. This history, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have to say though, it would be very cute. Sometimes I'd like turn around at work and I'd see that like you and Taylor were chatting about something <laughs> or you'd have like a dictionary page open because yeah. we'd be talking and then she'd be like, Taylor. It was really very sweet. So one thing we talk a lot about on the podcast Mm -hmm. is how there, you know, the rise of the smartphone and technology Mm -hmm. was that different when you came to the states? Did you, or was it? Is it was it similar in Turkey where kids were kind of starting to get? Turkey is even like people are more obsessed with technology and Western world more than people are here um so smart like whenever a new iphone came out all of my friends would be like oh my god let's get the like 5s 6s and i'd be like really like do we need to do that like all of us and they're like yeah so when i came here and i was like well people still have flip phones and they're okay with it like they can live (laughs) like that yeah um like in turkey that's like unacceptable like when blackberries first came out you were like you need to have a blackberry or like we're not going to talk to you kind of a deal even yeah. like a status symbol oh almost. yeah yeah definitely so interesting. that was very interesting so did you find that to be like a good thing or <laughs> did you like miss not having the top technology uh no i found it like really refreshing actually yeah. i was like oh this is great i don't need to like keep up with something that i'm not really interested in so mm-hmm. it was great like i was like oh i actually don't need an ipad yeah. <laughs> like i can live without it it was great now is your are you the only one in your family that's here do you have other no, I'm the only one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you see yourself ever going back to Turkey? Or are you? No, I think <laughs> you're here. I'm yeah. here. Even yeah. if I go somewhere else, it wouldn't be Turkey. Yeah. And is that just? Can I ask what why that reason yeah. is? Yeah. Um. Well, I miss my family and friends, but I just like the life here better than in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Even like. These are maybe small things, but I can wear whatever I want. I yeah. can drink whatever I want, eat whatever I want, and like no one's gonna say anything. It's not just family, but cultural mm-hmm. thing also. Um, no one cares when I come home at night, or yeah. <laughs> and I feel more confident and more powerful as a woman in the states rather than I was in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't see myself going back. Yeah, no, I think that's super, super interesting. So, um, and is that because Turkey is primarily a Muslim country and that's why you feel like there are those restrictions and, and you were raised Mm -hmm. Muslim. I was, yeah. yeah. Um, and my parents are still like my dad's, especially is like practicing Islam. Um, yeah, I mean, mostly that because even if you want it or not, Islam is part of our culture Mm -hmm. and, um, that reflects on society like no other and yeah yeah that's one of the reasons for sure definitely so like if you were in turkey is what you're wearing right now unacceptable like oh it's fine this is fine but i wouldn't feel comfortable going out like i would do it (laughs) i do it yeah (laughs) i just always kind of be thinking in the back of your mind yeah i'm like why are you staring at me right Right. or like that happens a lot it's just it's annoying it's not like i wouldn't do things i do here i just won't feel as comfortable i guess Mm -hmm. yeah that's very interesting yeah (laughs) so are do you still practice islam now or is it Um, kind of more because i was raised catholic but i don't don't go to church anymore or anything and 
I feel like that's common. It is. Young people like once you move out, it's kind of less of a big thing. But uh-huh. I mean, I think our politics in Turkey right now um, made younger generation turned like away from Islam mm-hmm. uh, in Turkey. So that like hipster generation in Turkey is just like, oh, like we don't believe in Islam or like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not really practicing it. But I, I wouldn't say my parents were like strictly like Muslim, mm-hmm. but I grew up with like, I mean, practicing it kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad fasts, my brother fasts like during Ramadan and our holidays are mostly religious holidays. Mm-hmm. So I still call my parents like, oh, like happy blah blah thing and yeah Yeah. (laughs) um it's just like a part of me and like I always practice it in a way it's more like a um it's not like I practice Islam but it's like a ritual kind of a thing Mm -hmm. at this point um yeah well I mean I think that that's something that's really interesting and so I was also raised Catholic I came Mm -hmm. from a very Catholic family and I don't practice anymore in the sense but like you say there's a lot of stuff that I you know I still enjoy like going to mass on the holidays or you know kind of like occasionally like during Lent I'll maybe do a fast day kind of like but it becomes more of like a respect to my family and less of a respect to the religion itself itself. so I think that that's kind of um, I mean, that's where I come from, but I also feel like it's a little bit different to be coming from American Catholicism mm-hmm. where, yes, Christian religions do have some kind of morality issues, but at the end of the day, like, no one in the world is going to know whether or not I'm Catholic and I'm taking birth control because yeah. that's, like, my personal <laughs> thing. But if I'm Muslim and, you know, not wearing a headscarf mm-hmm. or depending on what sect and, you know, mm-hmm. I don't really know that much about Islam, even though... There was a very big part of it in my Religions of the World class. I should have brought that book with me. Um, But yeah, so I mean, I think that must be kind of hard because there's more of a performative element to Islam, I think, than to a lot of other religions. Definitely. Um, Like, I never prayed in my life. It's like super... Yeah. (laughs) uh, Prayed in a way like I would just pray, but I wouldn't do like that whole like... The ritualistic sort of organized thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to more churches than I've been to mosques. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I've been to yes. that Easter. Yeah, yeah. Gigi came with yeah. me to Easter. It was <laughs> yeah. very fun. It was very fun. She stood in the back with me, <laughs> holding a giant casserole the whole time. <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. But yeah, I'm still like a Muslim woman, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What do you think non-Muslim people, if you would ask them or things that, comments that you've gotten before that you wish people didn't, people either knew about it or... Mm-hmm misconceptions that people ask you you know um if there's anything the biggest thing is oh so like do you need to wear a hijab when you go back to turkey it's uh, like yeah. uh no yeah. <laughs> it's i mean which i understand that like people don't have to know it's yeah. just um i feel like people have especially muslim women uh-huh. they have a specific image in their mind definitely a job or yeah that sort of thing and I don't think I look necessarily like Muslim from outside. But mm-hmm. even when I when they're like, oh, where are you from? I'm like, I'm Turkish. And they're yeah. like, oh, you're Muslim? I'm like, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, other than that, nothing really. But that headscarf is yeah. always... People ask that a lot. All the time. Yeah. And it's not a big thing in Turkey. Um, and all or some people do it some people don't kind of thing yeah it's like if you believe in it like yeah half of turkey i would say maybe maybe more than half mm-hmm. probably more than half <laughs> but 
No one in my family yeah. that I know of. <laughs> it's well, not like some Muslim countries. It's like if you're a woman and you don't wear it, yeah, it's a problem yeah. or you're targeted or yeah, definitely. it's unsafe kind of thing. At least it's what I've heard. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's really true. that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and of course, I think people also don't know that there's like with the hijab, there's a range. I mean, it's it's like so many, many. Jewish people just, you know, they cover their mm-hmm. hair and it, but it's just a little you know, kerchief, yeah. but the same thing in Islam. It's anything where from just a little head covering mm-hmm. to the full, you know, yeah. burqa. And that's, yeah. it's, a, it's a range and it depends right on what type of Islam mm-hmm. you practice, correct? Definitely. Or so. like where in the Middle East you're at. And mm-hmm. then there's always this thing like, is Turkey Middle East or? Like, oh, what do you think? It? Is it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my grandma's from Syria. Uh-huh. So I'm like, I wouldn't be offended if people were like, oh, you're Middle Eastern. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I'm a quarter Middle Eastern. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, I grew up in Istanbul. It was the most westernized city mm-hmm. in Turkey. <laughs> so, and half of Turkey is in Asia. The other half is in like Europe. Yeah. So I don't know if it's necessarily Middle East, but. Yeah. yeah when I think of Turkey, I think more Europe than yeah. Middle East personally. Yeah. It's very much that's a just location, but. transitional spot mm-hmm. so yeah that's interesting have you been back to turkey since you've left i have i used to um like twice a year in college but i haven't been since i graduated so it's been a while i'll hopefully be able to go back yeah. soon <laughs> i feel like there's a general sense at least i mean i'm from michigan uh-huh. so i grew up in the midwest and even friends here and stuff it's so you get kind of these little nuggets of what happens in Turkey and you mm-hmm. hear like, it's all like flashy headlines, like the migrant crisis, <laughs> yeah. and like the war and like all of this stuff. And it's like, I wonder, because on, on a much different level, like Detroit, I saw it growing up go from, mm-hmm. you know, hitting rock bottom, literally going bankrupt to now it's kind of a hip and cool place to live and there's yeah. more jobs and stuff like that. And it's kind of on the rise. So I've, I've seen in my lifetime kind of that, shift Mm -hmm. and I wonder if you've seen a shift in some way in Turkey or if it's kind of always been what you remember it in your childhood no it changed a lot (laughs) I especially see it more now because I go like every six months or I haven't Mm -hmm. been like in a year um I mean you definitely see the city change anyways but then you see people change like right now with all the immigration you just like the whole like Istanbul like the whole society just feels different like whenever I go back I'm like oh this is why I don't want to like live here anymore kind of a thing um and yeah, I mean, I haven't been in a year, more than a year. It's been like almost two years now, I guess. Oh, wow. um, Do you yeah. hear from friends and family of like things that are happening or not so much? <laughs> they're like, they're mostly like, just don't come back. They're like, we miss you a lot, but there's nothing here. Yeah. Like it's just going downhill from here. Um, so yeah, and all the travel ban and everything. I just didn't want to leave the country. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, I think obviously we don't. Um, because that's private and we wouldn't want to do anything mm-hmm. to jeopardize your <laughs> status. Um, but I think we can say, and we yeah. can cut this out later if no, that's you're great. not comfortable with it, but you are in the process of finalizing your immigration status. I so am. that's really exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it like, you know, I was, before I left, mm-hmm. before I left our job, <laughs> um, I was helping, we were looking into some of the various options and it we just... Were. It, like, broke my heart for you that here mm-hmm. you are. Like, you've gone to school here. You've worked mm-hmm. so hard. You have I a know. job at a very stable and growing and exciting company. Yeah. And the fact that that isn't 
easy for you it, it just it just blows my mind that like I, to me it should just be like you take your pay stub in uh-huh. and our boss signs a letter that yeah. says we love you and you're hired and they should be able to be like boom <laughs> green card um i wish wow so <laughs> the fact that i don't know so how in general has that process been for you and what are some of the challenges? I mean, I've been applying for a green card. Like, it's just a lottery thing mm-hmm. for the past, like, five years. And it's oh, like, wow. of course, it's a lottery. Like, right. yeah. <laughs> what are the chances? Yeah. Right? Totally. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the process has been, like, you were there, Shay. It, yeah. was, it was hard. It's just, do I get a work visa? Do I get an artist visa? Um, or do I sign up for, like, another program here so I can get another F1 status, which is a student visa? Or, like, do I just leave the country and, like, all these things? Or, like, what do I do? So it's it's been really hard. I think it's, um, especially, like, being Muslim, I was also scared. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, if I apply for a work visa right now, on my Turkish ID, it says I'm Muslim. Um, so I was like, would that be a problem? Like, is it going to be harder now that, like, after the elections? Um, so, yeah, but I figured it out. It's hopefully... Is the ultimate goal to become a citizen? Or are you kind of... No. Depends? No. I want to be able to vote in Turkey. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually. So I wouldn't want to become a citizen. But mm-hmm. I mean... I'll be able to work here and not have to worry about... Yeah. 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 It would be great, I'm it's, sure. Yeah. It's hard. It's like yeah. I need a visa for everywhere in the world. <laughs> so it'd be nice if I can just like be here and then like go back to Turkey whenever I want at mm-hmm. least like that's yeah. the goal which yeah. is I don't think that's too much to ask for <laughs> no yeah. no I mean and I think and again and this is like something that I feel is really important about what we're doing here mm-hmm. is telling these stories is if you know we want to put everyone in the Islamic world as yeah Muslim, but like you know once you meet people and like I see your family and Mm -hmm. you know like that you can't go back until you get this green card and your grandma is like the sweetest person (laughs) on the planet and like you know it breaks my heart that you can't just be like you know here you are again with this good job and Mm -hmm. you're doing great work and you've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in this country between your tuition (laughs) and your rent and living in New York City like you should you know you've invested in the United States mm-hmm. you should be able to go home and see your freaking grandma without it being an issue you know definitely um so I guess kind of on the line of as a Muslim woman and mm-hmm. doing your immigration work mm-hmm. and all of that um have you experienced much discrimination or racism uh, especially given that we're in kind of anti-islam yeah. environment at the moment in the United <laughs> I States know. um it's well, I was really scared that it said that I'm Muslim on my ID because, like, as I said, like, you can't really mm-hmm. tell maybe mm-hmm. if you looked at me. Um, but I remember, I don't know if you remember that day when I had my doctor's appointment for the green card. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was kind of like a bad experience, I would say. It wasn't any discrimination or anything. It was just how people were treated. It was just like... Um, I needed to get like all this test back and it's just like all these tests that they shouldn't need for me to get a green card. It's um, 
that was a little awkward for me. I just felt like really bad yeah, after like leaving. Invasive. Talk about some of those, what the tests were. Yeah, it was just like all these STD tests and yeah. everything. I was like, why do you guys yeah. need this? I'm yeah. just like, I'm not. So I, had no, I didn't know that, that <laughs> yeah. was a part of the process. I know. Apparently it's a new thing. I knew about like tuberculosis and stuff. Yeah. Sure you're not. I mean, that's yeah. fine. But also, I, you've been living here for six years. So yeah. if you have tuberculosis, you already gave it to everybody. I know. So. <laughs> it's like, I'm why sure now? It's well documented too. Yeah. Like when, you know, on your passport or whatever, mm-hmm. like how many times you've actually left the country. It's not yeah. that many, maybe twice a year you've gone yeah. back home or yeah. whatever. So. so that was like, that made me feel a little bad. And then yeah. I had, I have a lawyer right now and he was like, oh, like if you're a Muslim and if you're from Turkey and I was like, oh, uh, of course that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. like if you were from Spain, they would have just been like, oh, whatever. And I feel like part of the problem, and you can speak to this maybe more, is mm-hmm. like with the the travel ban or, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the rhetoric that that's out there, people don't even know like how bad it is. You know what I yeah. mean? Like p- people are so uncertain. Mm-hmm. And like the first day when it happened, people were like panicked and they, mm-hmm. there were people that, you know, no one knew how to enforce it at the airports and people mm-hmm. that had, you know, legal green cards or were going through the citizenship process were being detained or whatever. And so that scares everyone else that's in your position of like, <laughs> you don't have that same protection. And I yeah. feel like it's the rollout of, 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 of wow. <laughs> the rollout of all of this stuff is very poor in mm-hmm. that, you know, the Trump administration has come out and said it's not all Muslims. It's only like these countries, seven countries or whatever it is now. But like in the eyes of everyone that's in charge of enforcing it, they might not. They just see Muslim on the ID and they're like, Mm -hmm. they don't know the nuance. I mean, definitely. Or they see Turkey in the news of like, oh, these things are happening. And, you know, that's very unfortunate. Do you feel it's it's kind of like a toss up depending on who you talk to? It is. The immigration process, I guess. Um, it's also, I mean, I I was scared to leave the leave the country for like the longest time. Mm-hmm. Like for a period, I could have when I was on my F one visa, but after the travel ban happened, my parents were like, "Just just don't come," because mm-hmm. I have some friends who went back and couldn't come, like couldn't enter the country. Like they couldn't even go past the passport control in Turkey. They were like, "Wow, you're not going to be able to go get in," you know? Like why are you even trying? Yeah. <laughs> so this happened to like two of my friends and after that I was like yeah I'm just gonna yeah. stay like I don't miss the food that much yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah. yeah but do you also ever worry that that might I mean I know for a fact it wouldn't affect your current mm-hmm. job but mm-hmm. like you know you work in an industry that's very international and you know if you stay like for example and you eventually would have my job or Keith's job like yeah there would be expectations that you would travel to Europe on a regular basis and that Mm -hmm. you would travel to Canada and that you would travel to Asia. Like that's all part of what you do as a furniture designer is you have to network and you have to check on production and a lot of that production does not occur Mm -hmm. in the U.S. So, (laughs) I mean, do you worry that like if this doesn't work out out Mm -hmm. and you're stuck kind of here – um, or now you've never thought about that before. Now I'm giving you <laughs> thank you, Shay. Else to worry. <laughs> no, I I thought about. That. I mean, I know for another year I probably won't be able to leave the country, uh-huh. so I'm ready for that. But I think if everything goes well and if my immigration status changes, mm-hmm. um, I will be able to travel. Like I wouldn't mind traveling when I have like the right documentation. Mm-hmm. But um, and even if I can't come in, I'll be like at least I tried so hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. 
yeah, that wouldn't be an issue, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. So crazy. I know. It's so crazy. Yeah. I feel, I mean, I take it for granted. I try not to, but it's like being born mm-hmm. in a place you don't even realize. But it, it happens all over the world. Like, there are some countries that have, like, basically no immigration at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you find yourself there, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. or some of the the racial things that happen. I mean, it happens in this country, too, mm-hmm. but, like, in other countries where it's, like, if you, you know, sort of more um, not-so-secular countries where it's, mm-hmm. like, they really, like, are basing their immigration mm-hmm. on yeah. um, that kind of stuff. It's just it's just crazy to me. Like, Russell yeah. Brand, the comedian, he has <laughs> a good bit about it, but it basically boils down to, like, immigrants are just someone that used to live somewhere else. Like, that's it. There's <laughs> yeah, no other that's true. Yeah. salient difference. And to me, I think that's true. And if you mm-hmm. think about it that way, it's like, we're all kind of on this bubble of Earth together. Yeah. And like, you know, that's, I don't know if you feel differently as an immigrant, but I feel like sitting here mm-hmm. talking to you, you're just as American as any, you're yeah. just as American as Shay or I, but you just happened yeah. to live somewhere else before. That's true. Um, I mean... I think the biggest part of, like, the immigration process right now is, like, actually being Muslim. Like, that's just the hardest part. It's just, I mean, it's been an issue for the longest time, but it never affected me. And now... I'm sure, like, post 9-11. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 25 years ago, nobody cared if you were Muslim and you were coming in from Turkey. They'd be like, whatever. But they were like, I mean, people always find, Mm -hmm. you know... Yeah. There's always someone that... People to target, which is unfortunate, and... Mm-hmm. But I'm sure 20 years ago it was like the Russians and, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. I guess that's c- coming back in style. But, you know. It's really hard to keep track of who we have to hate. I know, right? Yeah. But even before that, it was like, you know, the Italians were getting discriminated oh, against. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. the it's turn of the century, Irish. the Irish. Yeah, it, it always. It's always yeah. someone. Yeah. yeah. No. It's terrible. Yeah. But um, that's all, that's all very interesting. Mm-hmm. So how... Do you feel like New York is the place that you want to stay or would you be open to moving other places in the U.S. or other places that you want to check out that you haven't been yet? Um, not, I, I love New York so much. Aww. It reminds me of Istanbul, but um, yeah. like just multicultural um, and bigger and everything's bigger. <laughs> it's just I think it's great. Yeah, I wouldn't move. I, I mean, I was really kind of bored of Chicago. It was mm-hmm. just like a smaller city and... I don't really know how to drive, so I don't think <laughs> I can really move to West Coast like right away. Yeah. Um, like if I were to move somewhere else from New York, I would probably move outside of the country yeah. to Europe. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. say. That's yeah. Really cool. That's really true. Um, well, I guess just kind of to go back to what we were talking about before mm-hmm. um what do you see as you've again now you've yeah. lived here you're assimilated and but I'm sure you talk with your friends about you know like I thought that was really interesting because uh-huh. I would have thought that about what you said about the iPhone <laughs> yeah um so what other like talking about your childhood with your friends who grew up here or grew up uh-huh. in Europe um because you also spent time in Italy like yeah. what kind of are some of the major like differences mm-hmm. in childhood and going to school and like that kind mm-hmm. of thing well <laughs> it was just like when I first also after graduating and coming here, my I I only wore uniforms like my whole life. Oh, and wow. when I first came here, I was like, oh. "Whoa, people actually like wear That's real clothes!" Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, now I need to like change everything and go shopping." So, I literally I think I have like good amount of clothes like right now. Mm-hmm. But before that, I was like 
what do people wear like to school oh, wow um that what did was, your uniform look like um it was really ugly <laughs> it was this like denim skirt and like plaid shirt and plaid shirt yeah it was and it was like this really ugly blue and like you had to wear it oh in middle school and elementary school in high school it was just black skirt and white top mm. but yeah that was like all i wore so yeah. it was like wow people do you yeah. ever have to wear a school uniform no i, I did, did in elementary school really but it was like a like a carry green like <laughs> plaid jumper so oh, that's cute yeah but that was because i went to catholic school so. yeah um, I did want to ask you, because you mentioned in Chicago and mm-hmm. here, your many boyfriends that helped you with your English. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I'm fascinated by this. We've talked uh-huh. a lot about millennial dating culture okay. in the U.S., uh-huh. if you want to speak to that. Yeah. But um, if you see, like, the difference between dating back home and uh-huh. here oh, or yeah. mm-hmm. just any, <laughs> any stories you have about dating, I'm fascinated. Yeah, sure. Well... In Turkey, I was just, like, you would have, like, flings, and it's just, like, it goes, like, very slow. It's just super smooth. Like, you touch hands for the first time, and you're like, oh, my God, he touched me. Um, even in high school, That's it sweet. was just, yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it was like, <laughs> yeah, very innocent, very cute. And when I moved here, so they were just, like, oh, my God, like, I hooked up with this guy last night, and, like, we spent the night, and I was like, oh, that quick? Like, it just happened like that? And (laughs) so that was just, like, really, like, weird. Not weird, I, like, you see it in the movies and everything, and I'm sure some of my friends in Turkey, like, did it in high school, but it was just so far away from, like, how I grew up. Uh So when I came here, and, like, people were like, oh, my God, Tinder, Bumble, like, all these things, and then... It's just like left, right. And I was like, whoa, this is like happening so fast. Everyone's just like, I mean, how I met my boyfriends or like people I hung out with, Mm -hmm. it was just like, I saw them in like class (laughs) or CBS. And I'd be like, oh, you're cute. And then like try to talk to them like slowly. And then they were like, oh, let me get your number. Like, let's kiss. Let's make out. And it was always like that for me. And then now I have a boyfriend for... It's going to be three years in Halloween. (laughs) We met in class. He asked me out. It was just like, it was like that. I never got into the app game, really, Mm -hmm. Um, which I'm still curious about, like, how it happens. (laughs) Don't even. I don't want it either. I hear, like, the horror stories of people that are like, it's the worst ever, or people Mm -hmm. that, like, get married from it. I know. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, I always like to tell the story about your boyfriend because I think it's the Uh cutest thing ever. (laughs) So I, when your grandma and mom Mm -hmm. were here, Mm -hmm. so Gigi's boyfriend um, was working, I think, like part-time at the time or he took some time off (laughs) and we were in a busy time at our Uh job. So Gigi was working all day and he would like go with them to all the stores because they (laughs) shop a lot when they come to the States. That's all they do. That's all they do. (laughs) Shop and make us food. Uh Um, And he would just be like carrying all the packages, opening the doors (laughs) because he's from Atlanta, right? So like very like Southern gentleman. But uh, your grandmother doesn't speak English. Nothing. So I was like laughing <laughs> like, so not hard. At all. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. She says hello, maybe. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> she said a few words, but yeah. um, I was. I just think it was so cute because he'd have all the bags and he'd be smiling and they'd be jabbering away in Turkish yeah. and he'd just be like, do 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 do. Yeah. Sweet. But he's nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Apparently, the one thing that my grandma said that's really funny, they went to get pajamas. And I was like, Kyle, what are you doing in a pajama like shop or whatever? Yeah. I don't know if those exist. And she, he was like, they really wanted to go. We went there. And apparently, she pointed out something and said, I hate and that was the only thing I was like, wow. I love it. So, Hello. Yeah. I hate. I hate. I love that. Yeah. That's so, great. Yeah, they got along really well. It was, yeah. he's a Southern gentleman, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like a New York boy, like somebody who like grew up on Long Island mm-hmm. wouldn't do that. No. But that's very much like Midwest, South, Southern. Yeah. Like, take care of. And they got so used to it, too. Yeah. I was like, Kyle, can you, like, help them with their bags? And they would be like, oh, no, like, we'll carry it. And then, like, they would, like, fight for the bags. And after two days, my mom would just buy something and give it to Kyle. I was like, stop it. Like, what are you doing? That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, but they're like, he's like, whatever, he doesn't care. And, yeah. like, Do your mom and grandma enjoy visiting? They do, yeah. It's fun. They That's love awesome. it. They love shopping. So. Oh, my gosh. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's something that definitely crosses... Yeah. country lines loving yeah. to shop I mean I go other countries and I love to shop there so I'm also it's fun. laughing I wanted to circle back to what you said about your mom bringing you napkins oh yeah so when I first moved to New York um my mom I would get these most random packages from oh, yes, my mom the rice she the rice. a huge bag of rice <laughs> I don't together. even I mean I eat rice now but yeah, then I like, I don't even like rice that huge much. rice and that lasts forever too it lasts like, forever like I think I still had it when I was moving out <laughs> Um, she sent me a 10-pound bag of rice, and she would send me, you know, those, like, flat-rate boxes. Yeah. She'd fill them with canned goods, because one time I said that it cost, like, $2 for gar- garbanzo beans, mm-hmm. and she's like, I can get those for 49 <laughs> cents at Walmart. And the, you know, not thinking that I would have to go pick these up and then, uh-huh. like, haul them back to my oh, apartment from that's the post amazing. office. But make me my mom bringing, <laughs> sending the garbanzo beans. So. I know. It's no, cute. That's true. Yeah. Well, I love Parents that. the best. Yeah. That's a great fact about dating mm-hmm. between the two cultures. I know. So. Might be me too, but <laughs> I mean, I also, like, as I said, grew up super, like, I, my parents were a little conservative, I would say. So. Yeah. More sheltered. Yeah. Of, yeah. Definitely. I would, like, sneak out from the house and, Ooh, like. Aww. Do you have siblings? I have an older brother, but he was always the tamed one, or they wouldn't let him do things. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to, like, do a sleepover at my friend's house, and I'd be like, out till four in the morning and no one would know and oh i still God. do it is he still in turkey does he live in istanbul yes he, he works with my dad oh, so nice. which is great so. now i don't need to go back because he's there, <laughs> he <gets> there. <laughs> taking care of it yeah at least one of is yeah. he married or have kids or anything your brother no, no. he's six years older than me okay cool. um and Actually, I was talking to my mom the other day, and mm-hmm. she was like, "He needs to get married. He's thirty. Like in like, thirty, it's yeah, too late. yeah, yeah. Later in Turkey, done. you need to get married yeah. by the time you're thirty. Maybe have kids. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. that yeah. is very interesting because I feel like it's it's definitely a big thing here, and I think people think about it, but mm-hmm. maybe less so than in other countries. But kind of thinking about taking care of your parents and mm-hmm. having someone be there like mm-hmm. I was talking to Corey about this the other day because one of his parents was having a health scare mm-hmm. and he like all of his family is in Texas and um he's here and he was like yeah it was the first time that like I had to sit down with my siblings and be like if this goes really poorly like, everyone's fine now but like it, if this goes really poorly like who's gonna be there and he was like it was the first time that I felt like I was so far removed from it mm-hmm. but I feel like in other cultures they really think about that family unit and it's almost like built in that like Mm -hmm. 
like maybe if your brother wasn't there, you would feel more of an obligation to definitely be there. Yeah, for sure. We also live in this like building with like my grandma, my aunt, my mom, my uncle, like all together. See, I love I love that probably (laughs) so different and cool. But I'm like now the older I get, Uh the more I enjoy spending time with my extended family. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I agree, and I legitimately hang out with my parents. I mean, my parents are the the coolest. They were on the podcast and stuff. So yeah, shout out to John and Marianne. But like, I love going home. More so than when I was in middle school and high school, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, when you have to go to like family events, it's like, it's it's fun and it's enjoyable, but it's not like, it's like something that you just kind of have to do. It's more of mm-hmm. an obligation. Yeah. And now I'm like, I actively look forward to it and like, I can relate to my aunts and my grandparents and stuff on a more adult level. Mm-hmm. I think that's fun, but I can see why it would be overwhelming. There's a show on TLC, <laughs> I'm going to forget what it's called, but it's, I think they're siblings. Uh-huh. And they're all married. It's four couples. Oh, yes. I saw this. And they all live. It's crazy. So it's like eight adults. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like 26. Sorry, there's like a huge horn outside. It's old. <laughs> um, and it's like eight adults. Mm-hmm. And I think it's 25 or 26 people total. So it's like all of Whoa. their kids. Children. Yeah. And they all live in this like giant house. It's like in Arkansas or something. It's somewhere mm-hmm. in the, the south, I think. Um. And they basically run it, it's like a, like, democratic (laughs) thing where, like, all the adults have a vote and they have a TLC show. And I'm like, wow, that seems a lot. Because at least, like, in that situation, it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm assuming it's all in the same building. Yeah. But everyone has kind of their own space. You're not all in one house. I feel like that would be overwhelming. And also that many kids. Oh, yeah. Every time I turn, like, just look through that show, it's, Mm -hmm. like, just 10 minutes of screaming children. (laughs) And it's also, like, I watched one and it was, like each sort of like adult pair has like mm-hmm. a set task so like yeah. one husband and wife they're in charge of like ordering all the food and like getting all the food for the house the other oh. pair like does all of the laundry and the cleaning like they're all kind of in charge of something and the like wife who she's like all i do all day is laundry because if you think about it like 26 pairs oh my god of underwear 26 pairs of socks if oh you're changing god. the sheets on the bed like even just that alone is like four loads of laundry. So yeah. she's literally all day just like doing laundry. Like I was like, I can't imagine. Wow. Is this real? Yeah. Like, yeah. Is it, like a real. It's a reality, it's a reality show. Reality yeah. Show. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Oh, it's like the Duggars. Yeah. They have nineteen. It's a family with nineteen kids. Yeah. Oh and they're like crazy Christians. And they live in a huge <laughs> house in Arkansas. Yeah. Wow. It's fascinating. And they, yeah. I just. Super. I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. I just think even if it's like an extreme, I just like looking at how other people live. Well, I think, yeah. And I think that's like what's so interesting about your family and those dynamics Mm -hmm. and the way you share that space, et cetera, et cetera. um, Because it's, that's something that's still, I think, so different culturally. It is. Like in the US, we're still very into, you know, you have the nuclear family and then Mm -hmm. when your kids turn 18, they leave the house. And if they come back again, Mm -hmm. it's another way which we kind of polarize and, um, speak negatively about millennials. Yeah. But when really every millennial I know who's moved back home with their parents, like, yes, it's great. They get to save money, but mm-hmm. they're also contributing to the household in mm-hmm. a specific way where I feel like in Turkey, like if your brother moved back or maybe he does live with your he parents, with yeah, parents. I'm sure he contributes whether, you know, he works with your dad. Yeah. We'll say for <laughs> the sake of this uh-huh. argument. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, 
but th- there's but that's fine that he lives like no mm-hmm. one would think less of your brother because he is no. 30 and living at home like that's yeah. appropriate where in the u.s you might You're get seen a as little a side loser if yeah you went away to college i mean for lack of a better phrase but it's yeah. like if you either can't get a job to support uh-huh. yourself on your own yeah even if you live in the same town as your parents like the baseline expectation is that if you graduate from college and get a job you should be living on your own supporting <laughs> yourself 100 percent, and that's not the case and it's not elsewhere. necessary either uh-huh. like you no, know. and a lot of times, and that's why, like, I have friends and stuff that live at home, and they're like, I work 15 minutes from my parents' house. Why mm-hmm. would I bother getting my own apartment when, yeah. like, mm-hmm. my parents live in a nice yeah. house, and we can all yeah. share food, and I have a nice washing machine. Like, it just well, I did that make for any sense. a year and a half um, when I was first looking for a job, and I was the height of the recession. It took me a long time, and then I found one, and I was like, I could move out, but I'm making no money, mm-hmm. so by living at home I saved like $15,000 even though I was only making like $30,000 so like I barely spent anything so most of that goes to taxes in California and then I was able to go to Europe for two months and then move here that's amazing you know and I don't like it gives you that kind of jump start on the next Mm -hmm. sort of phase and I tried to contribute Mm -hmm. and I did the dishes and the laundry and helped out and went grocery shopping and I (laughs) You know, I'm not, I don't think anyone should feel bad about that. I don't think so. So. I mean, I would never, but yeah. Yeah. But some people. I mean, I think it's nice on an individual, like when we were talking to Pomo and Evan about Mm -hmm. it, this is a previous interview that we did Uh with two people who do live at home, or at least they did at the time that we were talking to them. And they were like, I don't think they felt that society was looking poorly on them. Mm -hmm. I think they were just like, once you've had the taste of freedom of living away at school Mm -hmm. and then you have to move back in with your parents, they were like, it sucks (laughs) to like, you know. Yeah. Have your mom, like my mom does that. When I go home, she'll be like, what time are you coming back? And Definitely. it's like, well, I live on my own yeah. 99% of the time. And then when I'm like, yeah. why are you so concerned? You know, but it's like, if someone's staying with you, you want them to be safe and you want to know where they are and stuff. But it's like, if that's your constant thing, it's like, okay, well, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm an adult. And mm-hmm. <laughs> we're roommates at this point, not yeah. <laughs> you know, parent, child exactly. sort of thing. But that never stops. My mom will never stop mothering me no she actually said that to me one time she was like we were making fun of her i think it was like something she said to my brother and my brother was like just stop parenting me and she was like i will stop parenting you when i'm dead and my dad and i were like whoa morbid yeah (laughs) she was like over my dead body will i stop mothering you wow that was crazy yeah that's funny (laughs) yeah well, shall we move into our 20 questions yes which are rapid fire rapid fire questions can't wait so um (laughs) We've done this once today, so we should be prepared. I have. I just got an idea. For our internet listeners. <laughs> I don't think we talked about, I mean, we've talked about it previously, yeah. but Shay is in town. This is very special that we're all in one yes. place. Yes. I came in specifically to record. Yeah. Record a palooza. Yeah. Um, also, I just had a brainstorm. You know how we rebranded Hot Topics as Campfire? Mm-hmm. I think... So what are other camp activities that you do? One thing that I used to do at camp was go to the <laughs> rifle range. So I think this should be called... Oh, um, like straight shooter. Straight shooter. Yeah, or something like that. We'll think about, we'll think about we'll that. Anyway, we'll noodle on that. But <laughs> I'm trying to name everything. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, and it's fine if these are Turkish answers, because we're going to be asking you some questions about your childhood. So you can awesome. just answer in Turkish and then explain <laughs> to us what it is. Sure. Um, so favorite childhood book. Oh, um, hmm. 
Well, okay, there's this book that <laughs> you learn how to like read with that book. Yeah. And I was obsessed with it. It's just, Aww. it's called Jinali. Uh-huh. It's this like tiny book and it was just like this um, really poorly drawing guy, like boy, <laughs> just doing these like weird things. Like just, I threw the ball on the wall and like Aww. it hit Aww. me or like it's just yeah. these weird things. Yeah. And I was just obsessed with it. I was like reading all these weird things. It was... Yeah, it's just how I learn how to read. I yeah, love it. it's cute. I like that. I like that. I mean, I also my favorite book as a kid was called The Busy Saturday Morning <laughs> Word Book, and it was about a kid that runs errands with her dad. Like <laughs> that was the book. It was my favorite book, and I just found my copy of it, and I got oh really God. excited. Um, and now, what's your favorite book now? Um, well, I really enjoy reading Murakami right now. Okay, so oh, I love it. yeah, um, I just finished reading Elephant Vanishes, which oh, I really liked. Cool. Um, and other than that, I have still like, I'm reading some Turkish writers like Elif Shafak. She's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now I'm reading Bastard of Istanbul, which is really interesting. Cool. I would recommend it to everyone. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And do you read, like when you read Murakami, cause obviously he's translated from the Japanese. Mm-hmm. So do you find a Turkish translation or do you read <laughs> the English translation? English. So I can learn more vocabulary. <laughs> awesome. He's, that's Pepper a good you. choice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, favorite yeah. place that you've traveled outside of Turkey or New York? Um, Prague, oh, I would say. Yeah, I've never been. Oh, I would I love to go to Prague. Yeah. Um, favorite food? <laughs> Anything Turkish. Yeah. Turkish. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna vote for your mom's Turkish quiche. It's so I good. I would say that's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. Favorite movie? Oh. Um. Huh. I have so many favorite movies. I love horror movies in general. Oh. I know. So October is here. I'm so excited. Yeah, there's a lot coming out. Oh, yeah. I just watched It. It's So I would say like that's my favorite horror movie right okay. now. Yeah. Was it good? It was so good. Oh, oh, yeah. Was it you um, see the original It? I never seen oh, it. never uh-uh. saw it. Okay, so this was your first yeah, yeah, experience. Yeah. It was I really it. good. Loved it. Um, I'm, too, I'm too afraid. I can't <laughs> I want to read the book first. I love Stephen King. It's a King. huge mm-hmm. book. It's like That's my two books, right? Stephen yeah. King. Yeah. I think it's like a 700-page book. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had another one of Stephen King's book, uh, books, Under the Dome, and I mm-hmm. couldn't read it because the book was so heavy. I like, could only <laughs> read it, it like yet. sitting at the kitchen table. Um, okay, more rapid-fire questions. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite subject in elementary school? Um, geography. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was easy. I yeah. was like, sure, I'll do it. I yeah. suck at math, so. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, Year you had your first kiss. How old were you? I was <laughs> I was in Italy. It was like high school. It was first year of high school. Aww. And it was with a um, Slovenian guy. Ooh. It was so strange. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, so weird. So, so romantic. Random. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So romantic. Um, now, wait, when you said you went to Italian high school, sorry, uh-huh. this is a side question. Uh-huh. Was that Italian high school in Istanbul or yeah. in Italy? It's in Istanbul. In Istanbul. Okay. Yeah. 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 So interesting. So, did they, was it like they taught in Turkish and then you would take Italian lessons or the whole school was in Italian? The whole school is in Italian, but we would have like few Turkish classes. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Very so interesting. interesting. Um, favorite year of elementary school? Favorite year? Like first grade, second grade? <laughs> I would say third grade was yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. Awesome. I, that's the only year I kind of remember. I have a reason for these survey questions. <laughs> um, and let's just finish with the favorite place in New York City. Ooh. 
well I love um East Village a lot yeah, I just like yeah. walking around and it kind of fun. reminds me of like I'm outside of the city at some parts like I don't know yeah East Village is nice. nice yeah cool Awesome. Um, Gigi, is there any place, if you're comfortable sharing, where Mm -hmm. we can find your design work or follow follow you for your work um i my website's down okay. i haven't paid for it <laughs> awesome well never mind then <laughs> yeah but um i don't yeah not no, at the moment okay. not at the moment awesome thanks for um, asking yeah us. thank you of so course. much for joining it was so us. fun yeah awesome. thanks for listening camp adulthood is hosted by maddie yergi resident youth and shay keats camp adulthood we are produced by jenny mayfield And this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com. And you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Please also find on our website, there are links to our Patreon page where you can be a subscriber. And there are many cool prizes. Thanks, campers.